inside of me uh, as long as I have. And so, you know, when I started years ago as a youth pastor, uh, she was right there with me every step of the way. Um, I oftentimes, what I share with you on a Sunday morning, what I say has come from her lips. And so I steal that unashamedly and without giving her credit far too often. Uh, as when the kids were growing up, all, all the time, this would always happen. We'd sit around the dinner table, and she would, she would engage them in conversation, especially when they were, they were younger. She would engage them in conversation, and the conversation would go all around the table, and everybody got a chance to speak, and she was great at that. And so they would talk about something, and then towards the end of the conversation, they would look to me, and say, she would say, honey, what do you think about whatever it was we were talking about? And it was kind of like I got the last word in. And so I was like, great, this is great. I've got the authority, but I don't have to do any of the work. And so some things never change. <laughs> Listen, uh, she has got the goods. She doesn't even know she has the goods. She gets, uh, she gets anxious sometimes about preaching, but she does a phenomenal job. There are different types of pastor's wives. I'm, I'm going on for a little bit here, but we need to do this. There are different types of pastor's wives. Sometimes... <laughs> No, listen, sometimes there's a, a, a pastor's called, and the wife, you know, maybe isn't called, but is there. That's not the case. When God called me, God called her. As there's an anointing on my life to pastor, there's an anointing on her, li her life to be a pastor's wife and to share the word of God even with you. And so this is why we call her Pastor Stacy. It's not because she's Pastor Matt's wife. It's because she is, in fact, pastoring. She's actually enrolled in Bible courses, and so she's going through that. She's taking that uh, through Rama Bible College. Some of you know who that is. And uh, just fantastic. Couldn't be happier. Couldn't be more privileged to be able to introduce and hear Pastor Stacy speak this morning. Thank you, honey, for that amazing introduction. Oh. And it's through Kenneth Hagen Ministries. I just want to make sure that we have the, the rates falling. So thank you, honey. Thank you. Um, as you know, we're in our Heaven Matters. And uh, the, the title of my message today is The King's Domain. And it's just funny that I think it's amazing how God works all those things together. But even the worship songs this morning were about the kingdom of God. And so um, I, you know, last week, Pastor Matt talked about death. And um, I was like, wow, that's really kind of a little depressing. Um, and so I wanted to just start today to lighten some things up. And so uh, when I think about heaven, um, I can't help but think about angels. We know angels are real. Um, and I don't know if it's because of my, my Catholic background, but um, I want to share with you just a little bit of, I'm a mom, all my kids are grown up, but this is just a little bit of stuff that I used to put in my refrigerator to remind me that God was with me, even though it was a comic strip. And so I want to bring this one up to you. And I, would, I cut this out, and I put it on my refrigerator. And for anybody who has kids, um, you probably can relate to this a little bit. But I could really relate to it because my youngest daughter was a climber. And no matter what we did to barricade, to protect her, uh, she inevitably would find herself on the top of things 
um, that were unsafe. Um, the fact that we had a, a, a full-size kitchen table in the playroom, we would take all the chairs and pile them up on top, and I mean, literally a pyramid, and we would, you know, make sure none of her toys were big enough to be able to thing, and so she was about two years old. I mean, so she was young, and I remember being in the kitchen. Our playroom was in a, a step-down family room, and I all I heard was, that was it. This alarm went off inside of me. I went tearing down into the family room only to see her hanging from somehow she had moved a table, I don't know, moved something over, climbed up, grabbed the rung of the one chair that was up there and all the other chairs were pyramided on top of that one. And the chair had tipped over and we had a, a pole that was in the thing and it was hanging on by a thread. And I mean, in literally, I never stopped running. I ran and as I grabbed her, all of the chairs came down. And so it literally, I think within a couple of weeks or something, this had come up and I was like, that's going on my refrigerator. And, uh, you know, I know that angels don't necessarily look like that, but you know what? It just helped confirm. I'm like, yes, yeah, somebody was definitely helping her and protecting her. Um, and then I have another one here. Uh, and this is boys or girls. I, I, you know, my girls were active. We didn't allow our kids to really be in the house very much. And uh, so we were constantly shooing them outside. We had three and a half acres because we had a plant nursery that we ran. And so there was a lot of stuff that our kids could get into. And uh, I, you know, this just reminds me because I used to pray a prayer. I would pray a prayer of protection over my kids. And I would always pray that their guardian angels would protect them. Kind of went something like this. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I pray a hedge of protection around them. And I pray that your guardian angels would protect them and keep them from evil. And... Uh, I actually, not until Monday, like I knew that God protected my kids, but Monday I'm going through an old laptop of all weeks. I'm going through an old laptop and we're going through some photos and I come across like all of a sudden, all of these videos, I don't mean just a few, but I mean like 50 to 60 videos and they're all like six seconds, 13 seconds videos. And I'm like, where did all of these videos come from? I didn't take any videos using you know, my camera or whatever it was. And so I click on one, it's like six seconds long. And it zooms in on one of my sons, riding his bicycle as fast as he possibly can over a jump, okay? And I don't think he had a helmet on, shame on the mom. Over the jump, and then it, you know, the camera switches and it sees the, the bike go one way and the, the child go rolling on the ground. And I literally was like, <gasps> you know, my kids are in their toy, but I was like, I looked at him and I go, when did this go on? I was like, when did this go on? And I said, how is it that none of my children ended up in the hospital with broken bones? And there's like 60 of these videos. They didn't just do this once. They did this over and over again. And I kind of clicked on a few. And it's like, you know, funniest home videos are not funny. Somebody's always getting hurt. And somehow they got up and walked around. And I was like, those prayers worked. They literally worked. So any parent that's out there praying for their kids, I'm telling you, God hears, God hears, God hears. And it was funny, when my kids would start to kind of get hurt, they'd get bruises or whatever, I'd be like, God, you, I think their guardian angels are a little beaten up and they may be a little tired, maybe like this one. Could you please send in reinforcements? And inevitably, you know what? He did, and my kids were safe. They never ended up in a hospital. They are here today, and... Uh, God will forgive me for those videos that somehow I didn't know went on. <laughs> oh, my Lord. 
And uh, so even as I prayed that prayer over my kids every day, I still at times actually still pray that prayer when the Lord leads me. I have been woken up in the middle of the night. Sometimes it's the middle of the day, and I will pray that prayer. The Lord um, taught us a prayer, and I'm going to start there today. And it's a prayer that I learned a long time ago. It was one of the first prayers that I had to memorize as a, as a little Catholic child going to Catholic school, and it's the Lord's Prayer. And up until the time I got saved at 18, I prayed the prayer, but I kind of just prayed it without really thinking about what it said. It was just something that I knew I had to learn, and I would most of the time try to pray it as fast as possible so I could get it over with. And, uh, but it's something that the Lord taught us. In, in the last couple of the years, the Lord um, has really been having me focus on the Lord's Prayer. And it's become what it was meant to be, more of an outline in my life on how to approach the throne room and how to approach God. And because Jesus taught it, it's something that we really need to pay attention to. It says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I want to focus in on what I underlined, your kingdom come, because that's what we're going to be focusing in. This is what we're going to be talking about today. And since Jesus only did what the Father told him to do, okay, he taught us this prayer. He taught his disciples this prayer. And it says, your kingdom come. We can believe that God would not have commanded us to ask for something without fully intending to answer the request. That's right. So, you know, when Jesus taught so many times, he taught in parables, and nobody understood what he was talking about. And then even when he had to describe it, sometimes they still didn't know what he was talking about. But when he taught this, it was pretty simple. It was pretty direct. They didn't have to ask a lot of questions. And so he directed us to pray this because I believe it was in the heart of the Father that the kingdom of God would come. You know, and I have found anything. If you're not sure what to pray, the safest pray prayers to pray are the ones in the word. Pray the word out you're not sure what to pray, it's always safe to pray the word because it was given to us by God. Amen. And so as I've been meditating on every day, as I use the Our Father as my outline, I'll get to something and the Lord may focus on one thing or another and it's always new. I'm not religious about it like I used to be, but I allow him to take me places. And so as we were coming up and we were talking about the, you know, that heaven matters, the Lord started to, I felt like he asked me, he said, so what is the kingdom? And I really had to think about it. I'm like, wow, we, we kind of throw that word around. Um, but what is the kingdom? And so I went to Webster's Dictionary and I looked that up. I was actually a little surprised at what the definition was. Definition of kingdom, there's three, there were three. This is the one that jumped out. The realm in which God's will is fulfilled. That is the definition in the Webster Dictionary of kingdom, the realm in which God's will is fulfilled. And heaven is the place where God's will is um, fulfilled. So many times in the word, it's called the kingdom of God. And so Pastor Matt had talked a little bit about what it physically looked like. And he said, it's kind of like a cube, so many miles, so many things. And my brain just starts to go, 
Like, I don't get that. But I don't want to talk about what the physical attributes were. I want to spend just a little bit of time this morning um, meditating on the attributes of heaven, what it might look like to us, and then what it means to us. And so um, Pastor Matt mentioned fire and ice dwells together. The lion and the lamb lie down. And so I'm just, as I sat and I meditated on that with the Lord, he started to just show me some things. Um, And we have to get a picture of heaven so we know what it's to look like when it comes. And so I'm going to run through a list that I created. There is so much more. This is not the exhausted list. It's not even close because we serve a God who is limitless okay there's no there's no walls around him he is the god of all of the impossible and so this is not the list but you know close your eyes i want to read through some of this and maybe god will reveal even some things to you um like he revealed to me and so what this might look like to us is republicans and democrats working together all races considered equal The Lord started to show me in heaven there is just a rainbow of color because there is going to be every person of every color in heaven, and we are all equal. All nations getting along. All generations helping one another out. There will be no language barrier. One society in which everyone honors and trusts one another. There will be no offenses. There will be no arguing. There will be no strife and no striving. We will be content with who we are. There will be no jealousy. No mourning. No pain. Sickness and disease do not exist in the king's world. In his domain. There is no greed. There is absolutely no fear. There is total peace and unity. Heaven is full with joy, with love. Patience is perfected. We will not have to pray for it. There are smiles and laughter all through heaven. And there is life, abundant life, life that never ends, life eternal. And so I even encourage you this week to just sit in the God's presence and let him even start to let you imagine and let you start to meditate on just the attributes and what the atmosphere must be like in heaven. And that he's asked us to bring that here. In Romans it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians it says, For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. We need to know what the attributes of God's kingdom are so that when we see things here on earth, that don't resemble, that don't line up with what the kingdom of God is like, we know that it's God's will to change those things because he wants his kingdom to rule and reign where? Here. 
And so now that we have a little bit of an idea of what the kingdom of heaven looks like, what does the Bible say is our responsibility? Since Jesus taught us to pray for the kingdom to come, and we know that we are in a commission with him, what's our part? I always want to know, like, okay, what do I got to do? I don't know how many task-oriented people are out here, but I'm like, what do I got to do? <laughs> Philippians says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives, and we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. So we, as Christ ambassadors, God is making, so we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. He speaks for Christ when we plead, come back to God. As disciples, we are both citizens, we are ambassadors, and this world is our assignment. As ambassadors, we have resources from the kingdom of God at our disposal, wherever we go. As ambassadors, we live in one world where we're representing another. And an embassy is a headquarters, and it's considered part of the nation it represents. You know, so if we're overseas, I mean, movies, you know, things go wrong, you're overseas, what do they say? Get to the U.S. Embassy. Because the moment you get onto that property, it is literally like being in the United States. And so the same thing is for us. If we are citizens of heaven, then everywhere we go, it says in Joshua, every place that our, the sole of our foot treads, I have given you. Boy, do we really think that every time we walk into a grocery store, every time we walk into our workplace, do we realize that we're the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit? We're taking it with us. And that everywhere we go, the kingdom of heaven, the realm in which we're to function in goes where we go. And that we have the full backing of heaven with us. Imagine the full backing of heaven where there's no limit. Like there's no shortage in heaven of anything. Jesus didn't leave us here empty handed. He said, I'm sending you one greater because you're going to do greater works than I. And we know that that is the Holy Spirit that's within us. We have the full backing of heaven, and we have been commissioned and authorized, because Jesus said we have the authority, to bring the king's domain here. In Matthew 28, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Church, we are to live in the king's domain. We don't have to wait. We can live in it right here. We've been given the authority. And so how do we bring the kingdom to earth? I came across this um, quote from Smith Wigglesworth, and I loved it. It says, if you want anything from God, you will have to pray into heaven. That is where it all is. If you live in the earth realm and expect to receive from God, you will never get anything. Prayer ushers in faith, which ushers in the presence of God. It is where we connect with the Father's heart. It is where we see as he sees, and it's where we hear what he wants us to do. It says, seek first the kingdom of God 
And then what? All of these things will be added. Paul tells us to set our minds on the things of above, things of above, not things of the earth. And so many times we just, we look at the natural. We're human beings. And so I'm, I'm hoping to stretch you to start looking and shifting the way we see things here on earth and to see them more like God sees them. So we've been taught by Jesus to ask for the kingdom to come to earth. As ambassadors, we've been given authority by Jesus to do greater works than he. We therefore need to know to do the rest. And what was, what was the rest? He commanded us to go. And then Jesus told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those. Will. Not if, not maybe. Will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. They will drink anything poisonous and it won't hurt them. I take that one more step. There are times where, you know, I can't stay away from my food allergy, and I'm just like, hey, Lord, I know that you're bigger than my allergy. It may be poison to my body, but the word says, even if I, by accident, ingest it, I'm going to be okay. Amen. They drink anything, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. We know that we're sent here for a purpose. It's the whole reason why Jesus came. We're to come and we're to bring his kingdom here. And we have a part. As much as I would love to just sit in my prayer chair all day long and sit in his presence, I love coming to church on Sunday. I think everybody should come. We got to come. We got to get fueled. We need to be in his presence but there's so much more. We can't just keep it to ourselves. We can't just keep it to ourselves. Heaven really does matter. We need to be able to see beyond the natural realm, see into the, all the possibilities of the spiritual realm, in God's realm, where the things of this world grow strangely dim. We are the vessels he has chosen to bring the realities of heaven. He chose us this imperfect body who deals with so much, he actually chose us. He could have had his angels do it if he wanted to, but he didn't. He chose each and every one of us. And I, I want to just read this story out of here. It's, it's a very short story. Um, and I have to admit before I read this that as I read it, I had to be honest with myself that afterwards... I thought, wow, that's not how I would have prayed. I wouldn't have seen that circumstance that way. I probably would have prayed for his protection, uh, more mercy from the judge. Um, it, helped, it made me realize how I look at things and that I needed to shift my vision of how I see circumstances um, going on around me in my life, in my family's life, and in my friend's life. And so I'm reading this from Bill Johnson, When Heaven Invades Earth. Great book. 
Oops. And so Bill goes, he says, we had a young man in our church who was on trial. He had already spent time in prison and was looking at a possible 20-year sentence. He committed the crime before his recent conversion. Both the judge and the prosecuting attorney admitted this young man's life had been transformed by God. But they wanted some measure of justice for the crime he had committed. So they sentenced him to six months in short-term prison. The Sunday before he left, we laid our hands on him, sending him out as a missionary to a mission field that none of us could get into. As a result of this infiltration, over 60 of the approximate 110 prisoners confessed Jesus Christ within the year. And I had to be honest. I was like, I don't think that I would have been looking at those circumstances like that. If that was me having to go to jail, I probably, or even somebody that I knew, I'd be praying for protection. I'd be praying my protective prayer over him. I mean, to me, jail's a very scary place. But they saw it completely different. They saw it through the eyes of God. They saw it as an opportunity to share to bring as many people to the kingdom of God. Bill Johnson, Pastor Bill Johnson, couldn't get into that prison. But this young man could. And he didn't waste his time there. And so I'll be honest with you, this is, I'm preaching this message, but this is for myself too. It's to look at things around us and try to see it through the eyes of God. Try to see every circumstance, the quarrel going on in our family, sickness or whatever. So many times we see things Let's take allergy. They're so common. Sometimes we're just like, oh, just I'll take another, you know, I'll take another pill for my, instead of seeing it through God's eyes and saying, no, there's no allergies in heaven. Let's pray. Because that thing isn't, if it's not in heaven, it doesn't exist. It's not supposed to exist here. And so many times we just accept things. And so it doesn't stretch us. And so I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to look around in your workplace, in your family, when you're in the grocery store. Where we spend most of our time, and it's outside these four walls. Where we can bring the kingdom of God. The church was never meant to live in survival mode. It was never meant to just sit and wait until Jesus returned. The disciples, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, they didn't just hunker down in the upper room. And as much as I want to stay in my prayer chair, and I love the presence of God, I love it. As much as I want to stay here and worship, and all of those things are so important, there is so much more important outside these four walls. And it's the people that you meet every single day. You meet and I meet. And when we're in the place and we're in our prayer chair and we come together, if our heart is not breaking for those who don't know him, then all we're doing is getting a little bit more head knowledge because the word was always to come and it was to penetrate our hearts and it was to break our hearts for what breaks the Lord's heart. Yeah. 
disciples went out and they did exactly what Jesus showed them to do. I can only imagine, you know, them having never laid hands on. You know, Jesus is still walking with them. They've seen Jesus do it. But you know what? It took them to go out. He sent them out. And it doesn't say that Jesus went with them. He said he sent them out. And so they had to take action. They had to go, and they had to lay their hands on the first person and say, okay, Jesus, we're believing because you told us to do it, that when we do it, something's going to happen. And the same thing goes for us. I love, uh, I think it's Randy Clark, and he says, faith is spelled risk. You got to take a risk. You got to step out and we got to lay hands on people. We are to preach the gospel. But there's even so much more. It says not in word alone, but in power. In power. We have to take our eyes off of ourselves. This is including me. And we need to fix our eyes on what God wants to do in the moment, in the circumstance. And that's when the kingdom of heaven will enter in. He wants to. He's, he's commanded us to pray the kingdom of heaven here. So either God is a liar or his word is true. And I know my God's not a liar. I know my God's not a liar. So I just want to end today and just pray that God would just shift even your vision today as you see people that what you receive in your quiet time, he doesn't want it to just stay inside. I actually wrote in my journal, I'm telling on myself, I wrote in my journal about a month ago, and he's like, you're getting fat. Not fat physically. You're getting fat by just taking in and taking in and taking in and taking in the presence of God. And it's going to start being like the manna when they didn't use it. I don't know who said it, but he's like, you only get to keep what you give away. We got to start giving away what we already have. We sing worship songs about the victory. We've already got it. We already have it. We've got to see ourselves. Or what's inside of us is just going to become this ugly, rotting pool of maggots. I really don't like maggots. Can ask my husband. I don't like maggots. So, Lord, I just pray right now, God. I pray as your church that you would give us the boldness, that you would help us to see outside of ourselves, that we would see the realm of you, Lord, that we would see the spiritual realm, that we would see past the natural realm, that we would stop getting so focused on ourselves and being afraid of what might happen and offenses may come and am I going to sound okay? Lord, you heard my prayer this morning, Lord. I don't care if I look like a fool, but I don't want your word to be come across as being foolish. And we know that you have given us all authority and you have given us all the power. And you commanded us to pray, your kingdom come on this earth. And we, all of us, each and every one of us, have an idea of what that looks like. 
And if we don't, we're going to dive into our word and we're going to study it, Lord. God, help us to be your activated ambassadors. We just give ourselves to you. We surrender our lives, even like the disciples, Lord. They surrendered their lives even until death to bring your kingdom on this earth. Make us that red-hot church, Lord. Compel us. Move in our hearts, O oh God. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful message.